Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray right now. I pray for people who need strength. Father, as we just worship you here, I just thank you for the power and the strength of God just coming into their lives and touching them right now. Lord, people that are brokenhearted, people that are discouraged, people that are dismayed, people that don't know what's going to happen next. I just pray for them, Lord, right now, and I just believe you. And Lord, through all the darkness, through all the heartache, through all the pain, Lord, you always have that way to, to, to slip right in, to make it through, to find that crack in the wall. And to come in and touch hearts. So Lord, we just pray for everyone who's brokenhearted tonight. And just thank you, you're the mender of broken hearts. You're the God that takes people out of the ash heap of life and makes a glorious life for them. You're the one who, Lord, always has a future and a hope and joy for everyone. So, Lord, tonight I just believe you that everyone will, by faith, grab hold of it. Hear your still, small voice in their heart. Know, God, that you are God. You are the Lamb of God. You are the resurrected Savior. You're the one, whoo, Lord, that makes the thing that seems impossible, possible. Because that's just the kind of God you are. And Lord, we just give you praise for it. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you make all things work out for good to those that love you. You're such a good God. And we worship you this night. So those of you out watching and those in here, just reach over that person in your house right in here. Just join hands with them and just start to pray for one another. Just begin to bless one another and speak good over one another. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Bless them, Lord, tonight. Just bless them, Lord, tonight exceedingly abundantly beyond they could even think or ask oh God just bless them pour out your goodness on them pour out your mercy on them oh Lord you're so good you're so good God so Lord I don't even think even in, in here tonight As we set our agreement together, Lord. I just thank you for giving us dreams and visions and revelations of you. Knowing, Lord, we're on the right path of you. You're leading us and guiding us in everything. And Lord, we just praise you for it. Bless them tonight, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I tell that person beside you, how do you do? You're looking good. You're blessed. Tell them something good. Praise you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, praise God. I want to share a word with you tonight, so get your Bibles out. And go to the book of Judges. 
Old Testament. Look at Judges chapter 17, verse 6. Judges 17, 6. This is right after chapter 16, the end of Samson's life. And it says in Judges 17, 6, he says, And in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Man, does that sound like where we are in the world today? Everyone just did what was right in their own eyes because they didn't have a king over them. Amen? You know, when a world doesn't have King Jesus over the life, they'll do whatever they want to do. You know, it's so amazing to me because, um, you know, when you, I've said this so many times, but if you go on the internet and you're looking at anything, I don't care if you want to get a review for a pencil, something so simple. You'll find somebody says the worst pencil. Don't buy that pencil. That thing won't, won't broke. Lead wasn't any good in it. Don't buy it. Next person said, I've had that pencil. 10 years, best pencil I've ever had in my life. You know, and then the next review will say, don't get it. My dog chewed it up. Dogs love to chew that pencil. And then the next person will say, oh, the pencil's good, but the eraser's no good. Right? Have y'all noticed that? What good are reviews, in my opinion? Because you're just going to sit, they're going to, they're going to give you, they're still going to give you 50-50 information when you get through with the reviews. All you're going to do is see how many people you might want to agree with, but they always put the same amount on there. So many good, so many bad, right? So you don't know what the truth is. So all you know is that some people liked it, some people didn't, and then you're just taking a guess, take a chance. I'm so glad that we have the Bible. Because when you put your faith into what the Word of God says, that the Word of God is true, and wherever you run into a problem or situation in life, all you got to do is find it in here of what Jesus said about it, how did it line up? What are you supposed to do? Of course, sometimes it's not always a good review because you say, well, Lord, I got this enemy and I don't really know what to do. And you read in here, well, you're supposed to love him. You don't like it, you know, but you still know it's the truth. You know that God's word is going to work it out and it's going to work out in your life if you apply it, right? So the message tonight is how to develop a word-based life. How to develop a word-based life. How's, how is everything that you're going to do in life, you're going to have a word base in your life that you're going to be able to just have like a, you know, the, you, you, whatever comes at you, it's just going to, word's going to take over. I happened to go to San Antonio yesterday, and I don't know, I, I, I guess I'll get in trouble saying this, but I guess it was like, let's just say it like this. I, I think the circus was in town. And I, you know, I don't go to town much. I don't go into the city much. I, I, I like staying at home. I like doing what I'm doing, and I don't get out much. And so it just seemed like as I walked around, I was just looking at people thinking, what were you thinking this morning when you got up and put that on? Or what is going on? Or why don't you put on some more? Or, you know, it's just like, like the circus is in town. It's the only way, nicest way I can say it. And uh, I was kind of shocked. I came I called... Call my wife, said, man, you, you know, where were you? She wasn't with me. And I said, man, I needed you today to help keep me calm and, 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 and tell me, you know. And she said, well, Robert, it's, uh, you know, it's like this all the time. You just don't see it. And that's the truth. I just don't. Then all of a sudden I see where the world is, and I'm like, wow. And so obviously the scripture, Judges 17, 6, fits because, man, everybody's just doing what they think is right in their own eyes. But it's going to lead to their demise, and that's what breaks my heart. 
When you see somebody doing something wrong and you know it's not going to lead to good, you just grieves your heart to see them keep doing it because you just say, that isn't going to profit you. That's not going to, that's not going to get you anywhere. Stop doing it. It's not working. So anyway, go to Proverbs chapter 4. This is where I want to take this out of tonight. How to, how to, have, how to develop a word-based life. Now, it's interesting in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3 and 4 are my favorite Proverbs. I love them. Well, 16 is good, too. So it's toss-up. Those are my three favorite. 29 is pretty good, too. Yeah, well, you know. Anyway, man, I don't, maybe I can't say that's my favorite, but I really get a lot out of here. And I was just, you know how, you know how you got your Bible just all underlined everywhere and you think that there's not one more word that could be underlined or a parenthesis around it or a highlight over it or something? And then you read the thing and you're like, have I ever even seen that? And I must have. It's all highlighted. You know, well, that's how I was in reading in this when the Lord started speaking this to my heart. So I will start in verse four. Now, just imagine what Proverbs is, right? He's trying to teach wisdom. He's trying to set something in place. And so he says, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Okay, so just stop there for a minute. You know, all of us, there's no sense even feeling guilty about it because it's happened to all of us. All of us have tried to get on the exercise program, you know, bought the exercise bike, did the whatever, the diet, the whatever you were going to do, and then we failed miserably. We didn't, you know, it didn't last very long or we did it for a while and we we're all gung-ho and then, you know, just slipped off, right? So he's saying here, let your heart retain my words and keep my commands and live, get wisdom, get understanding. Okay, well, it's one thing to say, get wisdom and get understanding, but it's another thing to actually get wisdom and get understanding. You see what I'm saying? Because we know, we know what we should do, right? We know we should exercise. We know we should eat right. We know we should do these things. But to get it done, that's something totally different, right? To have the on the inside of you, to gut it out and make it happen. So this is what I'm trying to show you tonight is, I'm trying to show you, in a very simple thing, this message is not that long, but it is powerful because if you, if you write these things down and get them in your heart, I'm actually going to show you what you need to do, the steps you need to do so that you can do what it says, retain the word of God in your heart. So this is what he says. He says, do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you and she will bring, bring you honor when you embrace her. Okay. So if you notice here, the first thing he says, okay, is that you have to retain it. To get the wisdom of God, it's not enough to hear the wisdom of God. You have to retain it. How many of y'all have all done that, you know, whatever it be, and, and uh, then you get down and you say, and what was that? You know, I don't know how many times I've like measured something and say, oh yeah, you know, six inches, six inches, six inches, and then go off and do some of the things that, how, what was that now? Was it six or was it four? I don't remember now. I had to go back over there and measure it again, right? But it's one thing to hear it, but you, to retain it. Okay, so the first goal here is that your goal is, is that you just don't want to hear wisdom. You just don't want to hear preaching. You just don't want to read your Bible. You want to retain it. You want to hold on to it. You want to keep it inside of you and not ever let it get gone, right? 
How many of you got that? How about, how about this one? How many say, I don't remember where that scripture is, but I remember it's over on the left side. It's on the left side of the column, and it was by that coffee stain, right? But you don't remember where it was, right? Okay, but we got to retain it, all right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, which sounds like the same, I'm saying the same thing over again, but it says here, let's see, where's the verse? Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live, get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget. Okay, so you know, I've, I've told you this before. If you will do something, whatever it is, for 21 days, then you develop a habit. It takes 21 days to develop a habit. It takes three days to break a habit. Hello? If you do something for 21 days, you mark it in your calendar and you read your Bible every day for 21 days, after 21 days, you will have a habit. If you got up every morning, seven o'clock, you opened your Bible, no matter what, you not, nothing distracts you. You fought through the distractions. You got in there. You read your Bible every day at seven o'clock for 21 days. You would have a habit made in your life for reading your Bible. You stopped doing it for three days. You lost it all. You got to start back over the 21. Isn't that sad? It only takes three days for us to lose something. But we all know that. Oh, my goodness. It's like ever since Dr. Brown taught about, you know, like sugar and what sugar does to your body and to not eat sugar. I'm telling you what, you can get over, you can break sugar, you can break that out of your life. You never eat sugar again. You don't have any desire for sugar. To do it for three days and, boy, you're sunk, you're hooked back like an addict again. Hello? Y'all know what I'm talking about? So, so we've got to retain it, but we can't forget it. So we've got to develop a habit. So if you want the word to be the base of your life, you have to develop a habit. And it has, it's going to take you 21 days to develop that habit. And it can't be five days and then you didn't do a day and then you lost a day. No, no, no. It's got to be 21 days, same time, all the time. Boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden you've got a habit developed. Okay? So he said... Uh, he said, do not forget or turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you, okay? So the third thing is, is you, you can never, listen, if you know Jesus is speaking to you about something, don't not do it. If you know the Holy Ghost is saying you need to stop doing that, well, you're sunk. You have to stop doing it. You see what I'm saying? Because it breaks everything down in your foundation if you're not going to listen to him. Hello? I told y'all that early on in my, when, when I started preaching. Man, I was, I, I, in my life, I probably was, you know, I, 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 it's not probably, I did. I always exaggerated. I didn't think it was lying. I didn't really even consider it, you know, something wrong. But then I noticed that when I went to the jails and preached and somebody said, how many people got saved? Oh, my gosh, it was, a, it was a revival today, you know. 15 people got saved. Well, it may not have been 15. It may have been 10. But I said 15. And one day the Holy Ghost stopped me and said, Robert, you tell the truth. You do not embellish the story. And I'm like, okay. And I knew that right there was that I had to, he's speaking to me and I couldn't forsake it. I had to do it, right? Okay, so you got to retain it. 
You don't want to forget it. You've got to create that habit in your life. And then for goodness sakes, you can't forsake it, which takes me to the fourth one is you have to fall in love with the truth of God's word. Folks, listen to me. I'm not perfect by any means. There is no, I'm not ever going to be perfect till I get to heaven. But the point is, I love God's word. I love the righteousness of God's word. I love the truth of God's word. I love that Jesus is going to rule and reign for a thousand years. I love that he's going to, I can trust him that he's going to be right. He's going to do it right. He's going to, he's going to, you know, I don't have to worry about him being an unjust judge, right? I love the word. I've always loved the word. I just love the word. I love to read it. I love to see what happens. I, I mean, I love it. You have to fall in love with the truth of God's word. And what the world's doing right now is they're toying with it. They're taking the word. They're trying to stretch the word, pull the word over here, get the word to say this, get that, because that's what they want to do. And so they want to pull it around over here and they want to manipulate it. They want to get it over to say, oh, well, we might could live with that. And I'm telling you, you can't do that. You have to love God's word for who God is. And it is the word and that's it. Okay. Then it says, love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. All you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Exalt, okay? So you should develop, you should, if you're going to have a, a, the, the, the word-based life, then everything has to go before the Lord. Everything. Lord, do I... Buy a house? Do I sell my house? Do I get a car? Do I get a truck? Do I buy used? Do I buy new? Do I sew here? Do I do that? Do I, you know, whatever. It, you have to, that's exalting the word in your life. In other words, it comes in preeminence. God, what do you want me to do? I'm your servant. Here I am. Hello? Okay, so you retain it. You don't forget it. You don't forsake it. You fall in love with the word. And then you exalt the word. Now look at this. I'm going to read verses 8 through 9 again. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor. And when you embrace her, she will place on your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory. She will deliver you. So look what, look what he says. He gives, you a, he gives you a promise in all of that. That if you did those First things, retaining, not forgetting, not forsaking, loving and exalting, then something's going to happen. Honor is going to come your way. Well, first, promotion is going to come your way. Honor is going to come your way. Grace is going to come your way. A crown of glory. Folks, you've got to remember, man, we're not living for this life. I don't want the glory this world has to give. I want to step onto the other side I want a crown so big I can hardly throw it down at Jesus' feet. All right? And then it says, and it'll deliver you. See, God has a way when people love his word and people are being having the word base in the life, God has a way to make everything work out that you always get delivered. That's what's crazy about it. God has a way out of everything. It doesn't make any difference what it is. There is a way out. Now, you may not think it's the way out because you may have had to do something that you didn't want to do, like forgive. But there's a way out because in the forgiveness, God then begins to bless you. He begins to honor you. He begins to pour the grace out upon you and give you the crown of glory. 
You see, he's got a way out. If you just follow it, he'll do it. Boom, you're going to get out. There's going to be deliverance. There's going to be victory. All right? So, that jumped over to verse 20. Now let me show you how to lose it. <laughs> I told you how to get it. Now let me show you the quickest way to lose everything you developed. So you developed the word base in your life. You got it going. Oh, man, pastor, I got it, man. I'm, I got it. I am not forgetting anything. I'm retaining the word in my heart, man. I'm exalted. I love the word. I'm going along. But let me show you the quickest way to lose that. All right. Verse 20 says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, a perverse, perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left and remove your foot from evil. So the very first thing he says is, you didn't keep your heart, all right? In other words, you let it stray. You started letting something else, having love for something else besides the word. Now then the next one, oh man, it says your mouth. Boy, our mouth can get us in trouble so quick. So quick. We can start losing everything we've developed in our life by what comes out of our mouth. Because it's just, it, it, man, mm. how do you say it? If it's in your heart, it should be coming out of your mouth because the Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So if you listen to what's coming out of your mouth and doubt and unbelief is coming out of your mouth, then that's really what's inside your heart. I know that's an ugly truth, but it's the truth. If you say, ah, we're never going to make it. If you got up that morning and said, God, I love you. I thank you. You got everything under control. And you've handled everything. You order my steps. You prepare my way. You make all my crooked paths straight. And then by noon, you're saying, oh, we're never going to make it. Well, that, you don't really believe it in your heart. It would be better to just shut your mouth. You know, like everybody's got, not everybody, but people have lip piercings and nose piercings and all these piercings, they need one for Christians that just are like, like a lock right there, top and bottom lips, zip ties. So if you're having one of those days and your mouth's running off, you could just slip it through there, lock that baby down, suck your food out of a straw, and just keep yourself to be quiet so you wouldn't speak it. Because what your mouth's going to do is going to destroy everything that you've been developing yourself and, and feeding yourself to get there. But then there's another little problem here because you may have to super glue your lips shut because it says not only your mouth, but it says your lips. Do you see that? Let me see. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and a perverse lips. So I guess that's kind of like, <laughs> I'm going to say this like this, but it's kind of like you're still saying it in your head, even though it may be not coming out of your lips. <laughs> Because Jesus said, man, as a man thinks in his heart, right, he'll be condemned. 
So it's one thing to shut your mouth. That's a good thing. Start there. But then you got to shut the inside lips going off and listening to them. Now, here's probably the, the biggest, the next biggest one here. It says, and your eyelids look right before you ponder the path of your feet. So your eyes not being focused on Jesus will get you off. Right? I mean, how many times you're teaching a, a child to, to, to catch a ball? Watch the ball. Watch the ball. Watch the ball. That's what you're doing. You got to watch the ball. Watch the ball. Watch the ball. Well, if you're looking at the ball, you can catch the ball. If you're not looking, you're gonna not gonna you're, you're gonna miss it, right? So it's this development of of not getting sidetracked. Now, man, that is one of the that is one of the hardest things going on today in this world because there is so much craziness going on. It's hard not to look off at everything going on, the, the, the bizarre crazy in the world and what's going on and what they're saying and this and that and the other. And, and you know, thank God for the age of of the internet, but the internet can just be a ruin to you. Because if he's all you're doing is sitting there focused on all the bad, looking at all the bad news and listening to all that stuff, folks, you're going to get discouraged. What you need to do is be focused on this. Amen? Now, he says, ponder the path of your feet. Okay, you're never going to have a word-based life in you if you have no purpose. Listen to me. Everybody has a purpose, all right? Our purpose is to show the world Jesus. And who's the world? Everybody around us. He's told us that in the story of the Good Samaritan. Who's our neighbor, right? It's everybody you come around. Our purpose in life is to be the salt on this earth, to be the light on this earth. Everybody has a purpose. But if you live your life with no purpose or what the very first I read in Judges 17 you only want to do what you want to do, that's not a purpose. I want to be famous. I want to be rich, right? That's not the purpose. You're living for the purpose of you're being the servant of, 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 from what Jesus did for you. You sold your life out to him. You're his servant, and you're going to walk in that all the days of your life. That's your purpose. you got to have purpose. I want to get back to that in just a second. The last one here, it says, and remove your foot from evil, all right? So you lose everything you're doing when you don't flee evil, when you agree with evil. And we're coming to a place I see in this, in this world that we live in that as Christians we cannot be silent. We can't just sit here and be silent because then we're agreeing with evil. And it's been my prayer for so long that Christians would rise up and begin to voice themselves in every place that they can to say, look, enough is enough. We're not going down that path. All right? But let me show you one more thing. Look over chapter back, Proverbs 3, 21. I want to talk just a minute about purpose. Proverbs 3, 21. It says, my son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. I was reading that the other day, and, I, and you know, it, you know how you... <clears throat> My wife and I, we play this little word game. And so we, before we go to bed at night, we lay in bed and we, we get to spell words. It's, I don't know what you call a thing. Anyway, and sometimes the words are spelled and I look at my wife and say, what does that mean? And she says, I don't know. And it's got a little dictionary up there. You can punch it and it'll tell you the dictionary. And it'll say this word. And I said, whoever used that word? I didn't even know that was an English word. 
And so I, we were, I was laughing the other night because some word came up and I mean, I have never heard. It. I don't even know how you would use it in a sentence. And we started laughing and I said, yeah. I said, poor people trying to learn English. I said, I think I know how to speak English. I said, many of you trying to learn the English language. Here I am, 60 years old, and I didn't even know this English word. And so I thought, well, do I know what discretion means? Right? I mean, I think I know what discretion means. And so I looked it up in the Hebrew because I want to see what it, it meant. All right? And so the word means purpose. Discretion to plot. In other words, the, the word there that they're using, meaning discretion, you know, we say, oh, use discretion in that. In other words, don't be so vocal or don't be so forward or, you know, have some discretion or, oh, you know, right? That's what we think about it, caution. But it actually means, the discretion means you have a purpose and a plot, and it's not going to take you off. Nothing's going to get you off. Be careful. Be discreet in the sense that you're going to be hanging on to the word, and you're not going to turn loose of it. And I never thought about the word discretion meaning that. And then when I was reading this in, in chapter 4, when he says here about having, you know, don't turn your foot to the left or right, you know, let all your ways be accepted, and this purpose, and I thought to myself, my goodness, how we as Christians have to realize that we have to live life with a purpose. We know we're going, man, I'm telling you, I, I know where I'm going. I'm going to end up in heaven someday. Right? And I want to take as many people with me as I can. I read a book oh, years ago, 30 years ago. And the title of the book was The Kingdom of Heaven is Like a Party. And it just the title caught me and I had to read it. And it was a very good book. And, uh, but he was just talking about the joy of heaven and the joy of, 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 of being there and all the, you know, what it was going to be like in heaven. And it's going to be like a, a party, not in a party, bad sense, but I, like everybody's going to be there. It's going to be the greatest time. It's going to be glorious and whatever. But if you're living life with not a purpose to get to heaven, and folks, I'm telling you, you're, you're, you've lost you're, you're, you're off. Don't let this world and the evil in the world and the wickedness in the world take you off of your purpose in life. Use discretion in everything you're doing so that you're saying, I'm keeping myself on this path like a horse with the blinders on the side. I'm going forward and nothing is going to take me out. Start living with that, all right? And when you put that in with the first five things I told you, retaining the word, not going to forget the word. You're not going to forsake it. You're going to love it and exalt it. But then, folks, you're going to find yourself that you're, in, you're developing a word-based life that you will not be tripped up in life. And I really believe the days that are coming are getting, going to be worse. I do not believe they're going to get better. I believe there may be some political changes, this, that, and the other. But I'm telling you, we're headed towards the end. And I think more than ever, a message like this needs to be told to everybody. Look, stop doing what you're doing. This is no time to go out and just live life freely and crazily and doing whatever you want. Today is the day that we need to develop the word on the inside of us and have a word-based life because then we're going to find victory. Amen? So take Proverbs 4, Proverbs 3. Go look at that some more. Ask yourself the question, how discreet are you being? Living life with a purpose. Amen? Amen.
Well, praise God. Stand up if you would. I want to pray for you. Listen, if you're out there watching the broadcast, maybe you've never, never tuned into the broadcast before. Maybe you just ran across a water hole looking for a beer joint. Listen to me. I'm telling you, the water that, that Jesus has is water that will quench your thirst. But you'll never be thirsty again. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never invited him into your heart. It's really simple. All you got to do is just cry out to him and say, Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want you to, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to wash me in the blood so that I can be clean and righteous before you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you arose from the grave. And right then, Jesus will touch your heart if you pray that prayer sincerely. But I want to, I want to also pray for all of those of you watching that maybe you're convicted. Maybe you've re never really developed a word-based life. And tonight the Holy Spirit's convicting you. Well, I want to tell you something. If you will listen to what I said tonight and stick to reading your word for 21 days, you'll develop a habit in your life and God will do miracles for you. He'll do miracles for you. But set about that your purpose in your heart. This is what you're going to do and you will see victory. God will honor his word and you'll see grace come upon your life. And it'll be the greatest days of your life. So I want to pray for you now. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name for every person listening to this broadcast tonight, listening in here to, in, this, in this auditorium tonight. Lord, every person that, that runs across this message, I pray right now that by the power and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the Lord, you grip our hearts. That places in our life where we're not living for you, places where we need to change or alter things or we need to get our eyes focused on the right thing or whatever it is that we need to do. Lord, that by the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit, you lead us and guide us right where we need to be. I ask you tonight, Lord, bless the people. Let their eyes be open. Let them see a new revelation of you tonight. Bless their businesses. Bless their finances. Bless everything that their hands touch, oh God. And Lord, we give you all the praise because we know that you're the one that makes it happen. So Lord, we love you and we praise you this night in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.